Welcome! You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday Sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. And we are back with the rest of the sermon. Um, You guys, we're changing it up a little bit. Pastor Jason is not with us today, but the Murphys are. Hello. I'm not going to continue to call you guys like, (laughs) you're special always. I love you both. The newness has worn off, but we do have someone new here with us. We do. So one of our long-term members of Westside, who is also serving on our board currently, Mr. Philip Neely, stepped into the pulpit this past Sunday. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. Um, So... Stepped into the pulpit and he killed it. Killed Phil me. filled the role. He did. Oh man! Thank you, yes. you you did a great <laughs> a great job. Like I when I texted you Sunday asking you for this, I was hearing things from people as they come back to a kid's side and picked up their kids. But I was also hearing my son was there, my mother in law. We were at lunch and I was hearing they're like Phil did such a phenomenal job. He was amazing. His story was very well done. But he really linked those two. Was that a difficult thing? In if you guys don't know, I'm so sorry. We started a new like mini series. We put a pause where we were, and we are doing a summer series called "This Is My Story." And Phil had the opportunity to step into the pulpit and tell kind of his story. So was that difficult? Was there any anxiety or anxiousness or anything in that moment? Well, uh, first, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I've had a lot of people reach out and um, just stepping in and telling my story and everything. Everyone's been very um, encouraging, and I just want to thank everyone for everything that they've said and reached out. And um, as far as the anxiety of stepping into that role, I um, I didn't feel a whole lot. Good. It, it's funny because I, in general, I <laughs> hate Lisa reason, right? In general. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm used to being up, you know, leading worship and stuff like that. In fact, starting out leading worship, I would say there's some of the time where I felt more nervous doing that oh, than yeah. than speaking in front of people. Um, so as far as the actual speaking in front of people, that doesn't really, it didn't phase me a whole lot. I just didn't, I didn't feel a lot of nerves. Good. Um, but it was the first time in a long time. So there was, there was a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. No, definitely. You, you preached and I came up to you afterwards and I, said, can I hug you (laughs) very awkwardly? (laughs) And I was like, I have known you for a while now, but I felt like this was the first time I got to like see you and you just did so good. And yes, you have been an amazing worship leader, but this was your element. Like I just felt that so much that I, I did sense that comfort. Like there wasn't any anxiety. It was full of so much passion. And it's great that that was what you were talking about, the testimony and how God's working in you and the difference between a biography and a testimony. And that is what you were so passionate about. That was just, that just weighed on my heart so much. Like I want to be that passionate about God, just like Phil was today. And so that's, that was my takeaway. And I just want to affirm you in that a hundred percent. It was a lot of fun. I, I actually enjoyed just being able to like 
say things where, you know, people laugh. Like when you're on stage <laughs> doing worship, it's yeah. it's typically pretty serious, you know. You're, yeah. You don't get to, you don't have that element of like the laughing and maybe the crying sometimes in worship. But, right. you know, like the there's just you in the wider range. Room yeah. Being I, in evangelist, <laughs> I was rolling in the sound booth and I know it carries. And no, I was like it, trying to muffle my laughs. It was I, Again, I listened to it in the car Sunday night going home from church, and I was, like, giggling along. And I was like, I was very, like, it is different. And I say this as someone who sings not well at all and at home alone. Like, the volume is louder than I am always because that'll just hurt people. (laughs) But I can see the difference in having that it is a very separate Yes, they are both part of the same thing, and it is part of a whole service, and we are worshiping God and learning about God and and doing all those things, but they are very, very different in approach Mm -hmm. and how you do things. So the main part, some things we're going to hit on that you spoke about in your sermon is why tell your story? And we do that to see God's work in other people's lives and to see God's work in our own life. And you got into speaking about a podcast you were listening to, which I think is very fitting for those of you listening <laughs> to us now, all five a of podcast, you. Talking Hi, about a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that you dug deeper, that something in you, because I've listened to different podcasts and this, you know, speak into what the podcast was you were listening to, and then we'll hit on how you dug deeper after the fact. Yeah, so the podcast, I, I came across it. Um, it was just a story of this man named Jack Barsky, and that's his American name. He, uh. I think his his German name was uh, Dietrich Albrecht. Okay. I think mm. that could be completely wrong. So <laughs> you might want to look into that. Fact check. Uh, don't take my word for that. Um, <laughs> but I know his American name was Jack Barsky, but he grew up in East Germany. He was recruited by the KGB. He was very intelligent, um, learned languages really well, Um and so he was recruited by the KGB at the time and uh, was it turned into a, he ended up being a Russian spy. And uh, he had a family that he um, had in East Germany and then he moved to the U.S. And they knew that they like she understood like what he was doing. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. You, you listen to this story and he comes to the U.S. He ends up um, uh, he has a wife over in the U.S. He. And he actually only married her to help her get a green card. Like it was oh, wow. like to help her out. But then they had a child and he fell in love with that child. Mm. And he, he also. Fell in love with her. Well, he ended up leaving her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> so that was just listen to the podcast. You would understand. Okay. Um, but anyway, he he ends up also falling in love with the U.S. Like he realizes the U.S. is not what I thought it was, what I grew up thinking it was. Um and so he he ends up wanting to stay there, um, but he also has to defect away from the KGB. So he finds a way to make that happen. I won't tell you what, but you, you can listen to the podcast. But he finds a way to get away from the KGB because it like it opens, the whole podcast opens with him at the subway, and it says he, he sees this red light on the ground, and he knows exactly what that means. He has to leave. He has to get out. Mm. He's in danger. And so you're just like, what, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you find out that the FBI has figured out who he is, and he gets picked up the FBI by the FBI, FBI like a few years after he actually defected from the KGB. So he had stopped communication. He wasn't even talking to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And the FBI picks him up. And so he ends up helping the FBI, and they let him stay in the U.S. because he helps. Gotcha. And he ends up leaving his previous wife. And then I found out 
that they didn't say this in the podcast, but he ends up meeting another woman at his job that he ends up marrying. And they do talk about that. But that was the woman that he met that I found out later. Um, I don't know if I should go in this to you, if this is what you're going to dig into. But he ends up becoming a Christian yeah. after yeah. that. I, you know, I yeah. mentioned that. That woman that he meets there, um, his, I guess... I don't know how many wives, <laughs> because if you count that ones fine. in Germany, right. his third wife, um, he, he said there was something about her that was so um, joyful. And he mm-hmm. asked her, he said, what is it about you like that you're happy all the time? And she told him it was Jesus. And so that's how we ended up accepting Jesus. But as you're telling that story, I hear how meant, how much it mirrors we think we want something. We as human put on these desire and these wants and we seek these things. And then God's like, hang on, we got a plan. Mm-hmm. There's red lights that he gives us as stopping points. Nope, don't do this. And those bumpers. And I love that you mirrored those stories together. And I love that you dug deeper to find out who this person was. And then after the fact, how he came to Christ. I thought that was very beautiful yeah. and very well done. It was very fascinating. I, when I looked into it and found out that he was going to churches and telling his story because mm-hmm. because he had become a Christian, I was like, as soon as I found that out, I was like, oh, yeah, God. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. because I had been listening to this story caught up in, like, government conspiracy, right. you know, like all this different stuff. And, like, it seemed, like, so high level. Right. And then I realized, oh, yeah, God was doing something in the midst of all that that's even above that. Yeah. And so it was very fascinating. But I think that's very true in the world we're in right now. We can get caught up in all the conspiracy theories and the social media and the, the this, that, and the other. But in that moment for you to have God lay that on your heart, like, nope, it was me. I think that was very lovely. And you hit on the point that a biography is what you have done with your life. And a testimony is what Jesus has done with your life. And I love that duality because we like to think I'm in charge and we're writing our own story in our biography. So, John, Hmm. I'm going to start with you. I'm sorry. It's just (laughs) the teacher in you makes me want to like, what would the guys think of it? Phil Haley, think of this. What would the title of your biography be? Not, you know, your biography. Got one? Uh, yeah, it would be uh, all the wrong things. Is that like Blink One Eighty Two? I'm sitting here okay. saying that's I'm all the small things. But yeah, I went all the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you got that. I was just like, man, is this a message to me right now? <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I think it was one hot mess. One I don't mess. know. That's the only thing that comes to mind. But last week I said I'd be played by Rebel Wilson if I was in a movie. So, I mean, I think we're going along the same, along theme the same lines here. But, yeah. Gotcha. Phil? I'm, I'm terrible at these types no, of things. Uh, well, what, <laughs> no, I, I you're know. You're doing great already. Yeah, you're, here. You're, you're phenomenal. <laughs> um, goodness. Uh, if, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, something... Probably like a a steady journey. Oh, Ooh. is that good? That is good. <laughs> that is good. Okay. That Profound. is good. I kind of like. I, I don't run, but every time I've thought of this question in this whole thing, it's been like live wild, run free. I don't run. I don't know what. I'm, <laughs> you see me running? Y'all better run too. Something's chasing you me. Run after your chickens I, or anything? I hate the chickens. God bless it. He's got a sense of humor. I'm not a, I have chickens. I don't like them. 
but but run know. in that context doesn't have to mean no it's it not just physical means, like, the heart <laughs> yes of, like, yes yeah going after but i love because you feel you know? for redirecting yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to help you out yeah <laughs> So I like that yours is steady, Phil, because that is one thing when you guys have a lot going on mm-hmm. right now. You have three very small children. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you and your wife, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you and Rachel been married? Uh, seven, eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. Three kiddos. You guys have moved a few times. Let's get a little bit of your backstory because I think steady in the, is very true to Hill, who Philip Neely is from my perspective watching, looking in. That's good to hear because uh, I, I think that's the one thing that I try to be is just steady. I, I, I don't feel like I go crazy in any other direction too hard. I just yeah. My goal is just to try and stay in Christ and be steady in what I do. I, I think you're uh, doing it. I think it's... That's a whole example that every... Yes. Us needs. Yeah. I think we need more men to stand up and not need to be the center, but to let Christ shine through them as that center and be that steady, constant presence. And I do think you do that very well. Thank you. So you and Rachel have been married for almost eight years, mm-hmm. three kiddos. You've lived a couple of places. Am I correct in that? Yeah. So um, just as far as the timeline of when me and Rachel met, we both went up to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania separately for technically two different things. So she went to, she lived, she grew up in uh, fair dealing. Mm-hmm. And so she went to, um, it was called the Hillside Intensive. It was a worship leader um, school. So that's what she went for in the summer of 2012, roughly. Yeah, 2012. And I, that was the year that I talked about in my sermon where I was, looking for something to do, didn't feel led. I was looking at seminary. I was looking at a bunch of different things because I felt like I wanted to do something for God. Um, but I, I I felt led away from seminary because I looked at the way that people were going into seminary and coming out so serious and like taking mm-hmm. the gospel and digging so deep that it got so technical that I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like the gospel is more applicable to the everyday people. And I think that some people are just trying to get so high in thought that it just gets lost and they don't end up living it out. And so I I decided I wanted to do something in missions during that year because I wanted to go do it, not just go learn about what the Bible says necessarily, but learn about what the Bible says while I'm living it out. And so I decided that, um, you know, I like I said, God wasn't giving me full direction, and I was kind of frustrated about that. Uh, but I got to a point where I decided to go up to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and join YWAM. I had some friends that had vouched for that base. Um, and YWAM, if you go to different bases, some of them can get kind of weird. Um, <laughs> it's just how it is because yeah. they all are separate in a way but under the same umbrella. Okay. Um, so there are some bases that I would maybe not recommend, but this base was a great base to go to. And they were really centered on God's Word. And so I went up there like a month or two after she left back to Missouri. Okay. So she went to the Hillside Intensive that year, left, and then I came up for the DTS like a month later to Harrisburg. So we didn't meet, but we both had been up there, and we did not know each other. But I had a friend who, um, he, he was up there, and his family were kind of up there. And he was from where I was, but he had gone to Hillside and met her. Okay, so anyway, this is getting complicated. <laughs> no, I, like no, I love following this. along. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I stay. I decide to stay up there after my DTS and be on staff with the base. And so they do Hillside the next year, and she decides to come up and be on staff for Hillside. 
And because I'm already on staff, I do staff for Hillside. And so that's how we end up meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend actually was like, hey, there's this girl from Missouri coming up. Like <laughs> she decided to be on staff again. I love and, that. Uh, it just if you don't know what the world of missions is like for like young single people, it's just like you're you're there for God, but you're still kind of looking around, right, you know. Right. <laughs> and so there's always those discussions, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest, and Rachel would probably agree with this. She she kind of went after me at first. I wasn't I wasn't really doing anything. I was just like I'm here that. for God. <laughs> and uh, but she was. I just noticed she was like taking my plate after meals and stuff. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, oh she okay. stepped into that. She role. did. Yeah, she did. <laughs> okay, okay. I see you, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, I I need to have a conversation. And so sure enough, I you know asked her out on a date and we just hit it off. But is that not bizarre? Because you grew up not far from Rachel. Am I? I mean, yeah, about like, three hours north. Yeah, in Missouri. And so, we were 14 hours away from home. So so you've got like, three, that is so wild. I yeah. love how God moves and puts people, you know, in places where they're supposed to be. So you and Rachel have, then you guys came back. So we, yeah, we, so we lived there for a year. Um, and then we stayed on staff. We went um, to um, multiple different countries. Well, uh, okay. So me and Rachel together went to Mexico. We led a team into Mexico and then we were having Elia. So we decided to move back here. Mm-hmm. Um, to be close to family. Gotcha. And you guys have been at Westside for seven years. I was going to say, I, se- I was, yeah, I was going to say, I think we all kind of landed about really mm-hmm. close in time because I remember Aliyah being very, very little. Yeah, like a newborn. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then Salem came along, mm-hmm. and you guys, you've been in ministry. You've had multiple businesses, done different things in the world. Have been part of the praise and worship team for a very long time. You stepped onto the board, mm-hmm. had another baby. Mm-hmm. How old is Oliver now? He's like, mm-hmm. he is, they are outnumbered, he guys. Is a year old. He's, he's already a year old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like it, I don't know. I have these babies all the time and they're back and I just boggles my brain when someone tells me how old they really are because it doesn't seem possible that it's Eli about, is six. I know. It's about 365 days that he could have slept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he didn't. Sleep yeah, is for the week. And he slept like less than five of those mm. all the way through the night. Yet, but that, so. Well, I don't know. I stopped at two. But they yeah. say the second kid's wild. I don't know what that third one would be like. So I, we're, we're just opposite. Our, oh. It's like first and third for us are the, the crazy ones. Salem is just so sweet and Maybe calm it's a boy-girl thing. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Ra- know. That's what Rachel says. She's like, these boys. Boys. <laughs> Yeah. I don't yeah. know what to say. So what do you guys, let's get into what you guys have coming up next. Because when you mm-hmm. talk about study, and, and I really do think in your sermon you spoke to who you are and how long you have been walking with Christ. And yes, there were moments of disobedience, but you and Rachel are taking your three small children and stepping out in a leap of faith mm-hmm. that is huge and exciting And I'm sure you guys are feeling all of the emotions. So what do you guys have coming up next? So um, in January of this year, after we went to Summit, um, we kind of connected with um, Grace a little bit more, just seeing how it was. And uh, we went to Grace Marietta that Sunday. Yeah. Um, Now, let me, for the listeners that may not know, Westside is a member of the Grace family of churches. And Primarily, most of the Grace Churches are in and around the Atlanta area, and we went down there for a big leadership training and conference thing where we all kind of get together and meet and discuss things um, 
new ideas from all of the churches. It's everybody gets together in one place. And then you guys went up to Marietta on that Sunday. That Sunday after Summit, mm-hmm. um, on the way back, kind of. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we we loved Grace Marietta. It was just like, wow, this is really cool. Our kids went straight. Well, okay, not that time. They, they didn't. So we, we I won't take it personally, time. Phil. Alaya and I have bonded now. <laughs> I it don't just know took what, us six years. <laughs> Seriously, We're no. We're good. I'm good. No, I will not be offended. I promise. The second time we visited, um, the kids went straight into the kids' area. Awesome. I'm like, what? It was just like they connected well yeah. with it. And I was like, this is so weird. But we, the first time we went, uh, we're on the front row. I'm like, how did we end up on the front <laughs> row? And it was like, we're like from me to you to the nice. speaker. Like, just he's right there. Like, the kids are on the front row with me. Rachel's in the back with Oliver because he was just, you know, she had to rock him and stuff. And I'm just like, you guys need to be quiet, please. You <laughs> the know. mic will pick that up. Um, but sure enough, it, it it was amazing. Someone came over and prayed with us during the worship. Like he just felt led to to pray with me. And then we mm. talked after. It was just this crazy connection where it just was like, man, this feels almost like home. And this is the first time we've ever been here. Um, so anyway, we come home and we find out that they're looking for a worship resident. And... Um, we're looking at a bunch of different things at the time. Seriously, there were like yeah. five or six other things that were kind of like, because also for reference, like the week before we went to Summit, we had signed over everything for our coffee shop yeah. over to our business partner. And that was kind of a hard loss for us. It was it was in a good situation. So you were in a moment of transition yeah, anyway, so we, trying to. Yeah. yeah. In some ways we were like, well, we're kind of free to do anything. What is God wanting to do? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I put, I told Rachel, we had talked about it and, um, I said, I think you need to apply for this because she had put aside her dream mm-hmm. for a long time of going after being a worship leader. Cause that's where we met if you, right. yeah. yeah. and, um, she had put it off to the side to be a mom, to take care of the business and like all kinds of other things. And so I said, I think you need to, I think you need to press back into this and I think you need to apply for this. And so we just went through that journey and. She uh, ended up getting accepted. We visited again, and it was great, and we loved it again. And so she got accepted, and we're now preparing to, this Saturday, move down to Atlanta to be a part of Grace Marietta for at least the next year, and we'll just see what God does after that. We're kind of leaving the door open of, yeah. you know, we're, we're not moving down there with the mindset that we're coming back. Right. Like we're moving down there with the mindset of that's where we're going to go be. And whatever God wants to do there, we're, we're ready for whatever he wants no, to do. No, I, I love that. This just, I mean, hearing your testimony on Sunday and talking about, you know, how steady you are. And I think if people don't know you or maybe they didn't hear that story, like this seems not like a steady thing. This sure. seems like <laughs> a very, um, you know, jump out there, jump of faith. Oh, like we're just going to pack up and leave. But then hearing you talk on Sunday, this almost sounds exactly like what God has already done for you time and time again. And like, you know that, and that just like even assures me about what you're about to do, if that makes any sense. Cause I think sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, that, that seems so crazy. And when you're talking about how you went up there to YWAM and you said, I took a leap of faith and I, you know, quit my job that was steady that I could have, you know, gone up in. Mm -hmm. And I, asked God, you know, where he wanted me to go. And that part about you waiting, I mean, that like crushed my soul. I felt that so much, but then you chose and you acted in God. And he was like, 
yes, I'm just so glad you chose. And I feel like this is that same thing all over again. You guys were in transition. What could we do? We have all of these options, but you chose Mm -hmm. and you always are choosing God. And that's the steady part. It's not the, what does that look like? Because I think steady, sometimes people think, well, that's boring or you do the exact same thing all the time, but you're steady with God. Yeah, You are constantly choosing him no matter what the circumstances are, even in these transitions where people would crumble, you're like, okay, well, what's next for Jesus? And that is just blowing my mind. But I think it ties in with the message and what book of the Bible you chose to speak from and where the text come from. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. So you were in Ephesians 4, and you chose to have the reading be verses 17 through 24. I'm going to read verses 17 and 24 in Ephesians 4. Now this I say, testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And then when we drop down to verse 24, and put on a new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You and Rachel are absolutely doing that. And you said this in your sermon When it comes to quoting, you know, um, verse 17, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. I thought it was a very valid point that I think sometimes us as believers get caught up in and kind of lost in the fact no longer. Mm -hmm. And you said that very well. You're like, we did that, but we don't behave this way anymore. Mm -hmm. So you said we must understand. And I thought that was a beautiful way to put that, that we all have sinned that on our own we don't produce good, but we have to walk in Christ with humility and give grace to others. So my question for you in this season, because you could say, well, I wanted to do this, that, and the other at Westside, and that wasn't coming to fruition. This wasn't the time and place, so we decided to bounce out. That's not at all how your story is going. Through this umbrella, through us being part of the Grace Family of Churches, we had these opportunities and God opened these doors. Um, for those who have been in kids' side for the last, you know, six years with Aliyah back there, mm-hmm. Aliyah reminds me, and I've told you guys this a lot, a lot of my daughter when she was younger, kind of shy, doesn't always just immediately engage. Jolie would have never have stood back in kids' side before she was in the third or fourth grade. Would not have happened. But seeing them go into a place they hadn't been and it feeling home and it feeling like they instantly had that connection that is absolutely God doing that for you. So do you have a moment where you really feel that you were given that grace to take those steps and do those things and you knew instantly that God was putting you in that moment where you could have taken like a more secular, bitter, hateful, like you mentioned, you know, social media, and all of the things that are happening there, which is very divisive right now. But do you have a moment where you were shown bright lights, this is the grace? Um, specifically for Grace Marietta to go Just that direction? In life period. Anywhere. I mean, I know you spoke to the moment of your teen years and being there at church with your your grandparents and your family. But do you have anything like... Do you guys have anything like where you're like, God said, mm, hang on, you could behave this way, but I need you to behave this way, where you had the opportunity to give that grace and show that? <clears throat> For me, I think it was, we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we met, when we first met, uh, Haley and I, um, 
I had, you know, pursued other things and, and kind of knew God was always there and, and had that as a fallback plan. But at the time when I needed it the most, he was like, okay, are you done? Are you, are you Mm -hmm. finished? Are you ready for me to do what I need to do? And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm tired of running, try to doing things my way and, and kind of gave it to him. And, and, Things happened so quickly, and it was just because of my own negligence that things hadn't happened quickly before. And you know, I think Phil, when you talked about in your sermon last or this Sunday, we turn away from the 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 sin that we've done, and but we tend to walk backwards yeah. and still look at the sin. I was like, man, I'm not doing that anymore. I can't do that anymore. But we're not looking at God. We're not looking at Jesus. We're we're focusing on where we came from. And I think that for for me, that's been a big thing. To Yes, that's been a part of my life, but turn away from that and look upon Jesus so that it's going to be easier moving forward. I think that's been a huge pivotal point in my life, too. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question about is the grace of God there, but I think that's kind of tying it in with yeah. what Phil was saying. No, I absolutely agree. Haley, do you have a moment? I really resonated when Phil said, you know, I had this changing moment and then I went and I told my friends and they were like, yeah, that's totally fine. And then they never talked to me or invited (laughs) me again. And I feel like that was, that was a really hard part for me in my walk with Christ when I lost some friends. I don't even know if I felt like we lost each other, but there was this slow drift drag of yeah, and now I'm alone with God, and how do I feel that way? And I feel like um, it was not always as easy for me to show them the grace that I was receiving for that. Um, In that moment, I think um, God really had to still actively talk to me about, like, I gave you this abundance of grace for you to be with me, you know, like this abundance of that you can keep extending that to these people who are not living how you want to live anymore or keep reminding you how you used to live. Um, But you can still extend that grace to them without having to do everything that they're doing or be where they're at. Mm. And um, that really hit me when you talked about that because I was just like, yeah, that's so hard when you're like, I have this great, exciting joy and I want to share that with you. And like, maybe you come on board, you do this with me. And they're like, nope, yeah, <laughs> like, peace. peace out. <laughs> and just to be alone with Jesus for that. And to know, like, obviously how he's weaving all of these stories that we keep talking about with different people on the podcast and just you meet in your life. Like, he has other people for you. He yeah. has more for you. But I think I needed a lot of grace to get over even the anger of losing those people. Mm. And choosing God over them. No, that makes any sense. That's beautiful because it does talk about the grief of that, you know, like in those angry and those moments of like, but I loved these people and they're not going to come with me. That grief is real. Phil, do you have like, because you talk about your friends. Um, I loved the story of you witnessing to the little boy in the bathroom. Like that was, (laughs) that was great. I don't know why I've always remembered that. I just I've never forgotten that. I won't that, forget that, it that either. No. I can see the bathroom in my mind too. It's just like it was that that building doesn't even exist anymore. They tore it down. Mm. It was an old school, um, and it was like a tall ceiling bathroom. Like it was only the light. I'm pretty sure from the window coming in through like this green hazy window, and mm. just I, I can see that see yeah. it in my in my mind. But I love I love that at that young age you were already there and you were already doing it. Have you spoke to any of those friends that through those teen years? Like, have you had those reconnections with anybody 
who said, hey, you may not remember this, but. Honestly, um, no, I haven't. Probably the only friend that I have maintained any contact with would be my best friend through high school and all of school would be, uh, his name is Jeff. And uh, he's just, he's a great guy. Um, but kind of, when I went, after high school, when I went off to college, I went to Nebraska of all places. Goodness. <laughs> and it, I, I got to ask the why. Like when yeah. you think of places. He really likes corn. I just well, like why Nebraska? No. <laughs> it was a school that um, I had an opportunity to play baseball with. Okay. And uh, I wanted to, to do that. And um, I, I, I did well in school and I, I could get a scholarship academically there. And they just offered it to me. And no, so I, I went to this, this Lutheran school in the middle of Nebraska. And it was, uh, I, I, I don't have good words for it. Okay. Uh, it honestly, like. Destination I, choices when people are like, oh, vacation college, Nebraska. You've got to be like, wait a minute, what? There's yeah. corn. I mean, it's it, like even to, socially in, in a way, it was like I went out into the middle of nowhere. I was like, why? Like, why would God make the land so flat here? <laughs> and I, the roads are so straight and you just go for miles and miles and you don't turn. You don't go yeah. up and down. You don't see trees. And you're like, OK, this is not for me. And uh, I, but aside from that, there was also a spiritual aspect of, you know, I went through that whole thing in high school where I felt drawn back into God, but um, I, I go to this school and it's it's Lutheran and um, very traditional, like super, you know, kind of Anglican almost in the way that they do things. And uh, I had not grown up or seen that at all. And so that was the church, you know, going to a Lutheran school and that was the church that like was right there on campus that we all went to. Mm. And I... I found myself in a spiritual place where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm being fed. I feel like I'm, I'm dying, yeah. you know? And so I, I got to a place where I was like, I, I don't think that this is healthy for me to be up here anymore. Um, I, it wasn't that I was going backwards. It's just that I felt this, this burning desire yeah. to get cl closer to God. And I didn't feel opportunity <laughs> there. I was in the word, but then I felt like no one around me was in the same place. And so um, I ended up going back to um, my hometown union and going there for a semester. But because of that leaving for a year, like I, mm -hmm. I kind of bailed in a way and um, I didn't keep a lot of those friendships that I did throughout school or anything like that. But I think that speaks a lot to your spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And in those moments of hard where maybe the friends are there, but it's still on a different level, like Haley was speaking to early, you know, sometimes those friendships do come back around. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't, but it comes back into where you were in the point where we learn Christ in verse 20. We base that off scripture and not our opinions. And then we put off our old self. In the current climate we are in, we are getting a lot of opinion, a lot of opinion. And I think you were very wise and very correct when you told us, that our call as Christians is not to work harder, but to surrender more to Christ. Can you dig a little deeper into why you felt that was such an important part of your message, like why you wanted to remind us believers that we do need to surrender and become a little more submissive? I think something that kind of burns on my heart when I think about that topic and just when thinking about when I was preparing for this, um, I, I, I kept coming to this phrase that I, I've heard this phrase oftentimes of I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that a lot. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. If you mean it in the context of like, 
um, I used to sin. Right. And I'm thank God I'm saved by grace. But I've heard it in the context, I feel like, a lot of the time of as an excuse mm. of like, I'm an old sinner, as in I've been sinning this way for my whole life. Yeah. And thank God that he has grace for me. And so I it, it bothered me hearing that phrase as like an excuse for sin and that mm-hmm. we're, we're stuck in the same sin cycle of like the same habitual sin. And I don't mean like we're perfect after we right. find yeah. Christ. I just mean of the same cycle of like, you haven't let go of this specific thing and you're still excusing it in your life. And I see people worn out and just excusing it because I think they're so burned out from trying to change. Mm. And so it's like they, they're, they're years down the road and they're like, I just don't think this is going away because I, I've tried, I've, I've done things and it hasn't gone. It's just, it's who I am. You know, people mm-hmm. begin to say oh. things like that, you know. That's just the way they are. I put those phrases mm-hmm. almost in the same category yeah. because the, the way that it's said, it's, as, it's just an excuse. It's yeah. like, I don't know how to change myself. So I'm going to say this thing that's like, thank God he has grace for me. It's like, yes, he does have grace for you, but that grace is onto something better. Yeah. He has grace to forgive us and the Holy Spirit to empower us to go a different direction. And so I, when I look at the way that we, we come to the gospel, it's not a matter of, hey, work hard and you could earn this. Mm-hmm. It's give me everything. Give me everything and I have something better for you. And so I was kind of touching on that idea. I didn't get into that as much, but I was kind of trying to hit on like, we don't need to be making excuses down the road. And I understand you've been working hard and it's mm-hmm. wearing you out. That's that's the problem. You just keep working hard and it's wearing you out. And it's gonna you're just going to keep doing that over and over. If you want to see freedom from this, it's not a matter of working harder. You have to give it to Jesus. You have to surrender it. And I think people hear that and they wonder, what's the practical? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. And I think it's I think it's a mind in some ways, like it's a mind thing. Like I think you have to allow God to speak identity into you in, in some ways. So when you're faced with that same sin that you're like, I've worked hard, I've I've gotten rid of whatever it is, you know, I, we canceled the cable scripture, you know, whatever right. it is. And we tried all these things instead of trying to work all these physical things out, let God renew your mind. Like it says in that verse, mm-hmm. renew the spirit, you know, we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. Let him renew your mind by being in his word. But also when that temptation comes, let that identity of that's not who I am mm-hmm. be the, be the anthem that just rings through your mind and overshadows any other any other thing in that moment of like get behind me that's not who i am and just move forward it's a matter of like taking captive the thoughts allowing god to do that and and to renew your mind and speak new identity into you um and now that that might sound like doing some work i mean there are some wise steps that we should take but the reality is is that identity doesn't come from us but it comes from jesus we have to surrender something else to, to let him speak the new identity of the new self into us and, and work that up. And I think the Holy Spirit is there to speak to us. I mean, I think we don't lean into that enough a lot of the time, um, especially when it comes to the idea of sin, which is that we've been given a helper. We've been given the Holy Spirit to, mm-hmm. to speak to our hearts. And I've experienced many times in my life where something has just come to my mind when I'm speaking to someone, a verse or something, and yeah. it's been so practicable or practical and so relevant and I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking into my heart. 
when we surrender everything to Christ, we open ourselves up to receive that Holy Spirit that will speak us, speak to us in those moments of temptation, where if you're not seeing victory, it's not a matter of working harder. It's letting go of that yeah. so that God can speak into your heart the truth, which is you're saved in him, and that's not you anymore. I love that. Huh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot to that's, take yeah. in. Yeah. Sorry, I just no, no, that's no, awesome. no. In a very good way. Yes, in yes, a, yes. what we all need to hear way. I'll be listening to this podcast again just to uh, make sure no, I can write that down. No. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted to touch on this, and, and I do feel like as I was listening to it, I wrote down challenge right there because I felt like that was such a challenge for Christians. And for... And, and, I don't want to speak to non-believers like that's not a challenge for you because it is a challenge for them. Like come to Christ and it is not going to be. Surrender is something we are absolutely going to have to do. But when you quoted in that, and it was in the same part of your sermon, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin, James four seventeen. I felt like as Christians, we do make those excuses. We do kind of get passive in some of that where we're not surrendering in the way. And I was like, Phil threw down a challenge and I <laughs> am here for it. And I love that you have that fire and belief because you are absolutely speaking straight from the Bible because seeing the good to do in the new self takes full surrender of the old self, which is what the scripture tells us to do. And I love that you hit on that point. So then you gave us even more challenge and I... <laughs> I was like, I did not so beautifully though. I wasn't like offended. I was no. like, yeah, challenge it, me. <laughs> and then walked away and I was like, I have a lot of work to do. But it wasn't, you did it in a way that it wasn't like, oh, he is just like stomping yeah, all over my toes. Down with it. No, it was like, oh, huh. Well, here we go. Let's got it. Or actually here we don't go. I'm going to have to really like not work at this, but to work at this, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I was loving that. But you asked two questions. How have I been holding on to the old self? And what good do you know to do? And how can you start walking in it? I loved that. Because we know we know the good. But the how can you start walking in it? That number two was conviction. Yeah. For me. Um, so... For us, what would you say the most practical way for us to start walking in that, to stop taking it back from God? Like we pray about it. We are very good. We're a very good praying church. We have some fierce prayer warriors. Like I have people that I'm like, God, and instantly I can feel things happening. And I know that it is people on their knees praying and I interceding for me and for the things I am asking for and whatever. But sometimes, you know, in those moments, other than praying, how can we start walking in it? When I, when I think about that, um, I, think, I think the most healthy thing that we can do is get to a healthy place with Jesus. Mm. I, because when I, look back at, when I look back at that year that I talked about, that's, see, when I practiced this sermon, I didn't include that part of my testimony. I, the rest of the week felt like I should throw it in. Because ah. I was like, I think that this speaks to something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I decided to tell that part. And when I think about that year that I talked about, I, I look back and and I chose something, right? Like mm-hmm. I chose to do something because I wanted to do it and it would glorify God. Um, I think sometimes we look at choices in our life and think, 
I shouldn't go based on just what I want to do because we feel like that's anti what God wants. Yeah. Right. But when I look back at that year, I was I was in a healthy place with Jesus. I, I I wasn't fully like the most healthy person. Like I'm not I'm not saying I was perfect, but I was spending time in prayer. I was spending time in His Word. I was a part of a worship ministry, a worship and prayer ministry that we're doing at our church, and I was genuinely like in prayer, saying, "God, what should I do?" Mm-hmm. And so I. Overall, what I would say is when when our heart is in full surrender to Jesus, when our heart is in a healthy place where it's like, I'm not looking to do all this other stuff. I just want to do something for you. I think we can begin to trust some of the desires that hit our heart yeah. Yeah. because I think God begins to put desires on our heart. And I think so often the language in the church is we can't trust our emotions. And I think it, it, what they're really saying, I 100% agree with. Like we right. don't just follow our emotions because... Right. They're not necessarily a good guide, but I think when you have a heart that is surrendered over to Jesus, he be, he begins to put desires in our heart. And I think we sometimes get confused of like, you know, how do I hear God? You know, is it is it my thoughts or is it God's thoughts? And I think we get so technical and get mm-hmm. so confused. It's like if God is actually working in our heart and he is in us and his Holy Spirit is speaking to us, then if it's something that points to God, then I think that you can begin to discern like this is something that God is putting on my heart. It's not just something that I'm just wanting to do for myself. And so I think the health, the, the best thing that we could do is just have a healthy relationship with Jesus. I don't think it's one answer or the other, like specific yeah. thing in your life some of the time. I think both are good options maybe, or like maybe the five things you're looking at are a good option. Right. The question is just, are you in a healthy place with Jesus? Because you could step into all five of those things or any of one of those things that you feel like you're trying to choose in your life. And you could be the completely wrong person if you don't have a healthy life, healthy relationship with Jesus. The question is not like, what are you doing? The question is, who are you? Yeah. Who are you being? And who does God want you to be? I, that that's that's the big thing that changed for me is I was oftentimes looking for what specifically do I need to do in my life so that I can do the most for the kingdom of God. But then I, especially when I was in YWAM, because even though I was in missions, I was like, what's next? You know, what do I do next? You know, like... Do I go live in Nepal? You know, I I liked it there. Should I right. go live there? You know, all these questions. But then God just kind of hit me with that question. He's like, well, who are you? Who are you being? Mm. Like, no matter where you are, the question is, are like, do you look like Christ? It's not necessarily a specific thing. Like, you could stay here. Do you look like Jesus? You right. could go somewhere else. Do you look like Jesus? The question isn't where are you? It's who are you looking like? And so the... Pre- Definitely, I would say that the answer to that question would be like, do you have a healthy relationship with Jesus? I start there yeah. and let the desires that he has on his heart fill your heart and just go after one of them. I love that. I you, love You that. talked about the, that's that's kind of like the similarities between the rich young ruler. Yeah. When uh, he, he asked Jesus, what do I need to do? And he said, well, have you done this, 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 and this? Well, I've done all those things. Okay, well then sell all your possessions. So it is a a a step-by-step thing. And the first step is having a good relationship with Jesus. And so I think I, I love what you said there. That's and, and you said the desires of your heart, you know, the, the goal is to be a conduit for the Holy spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to put in our heart what he wants us to do. So being able to discern what is our will and what is God's will, that's important. But the, the goal is to become a conduit. I think that's that's a wonderful thing that you said too, man. Good job. Good job. <laughs> oh, John. I, I just love it. No, I love it. no, but especially when you're saying follow your heart and the emotions thing. I mean, 
this week I've been really focused in Jeremiah where it says our heart is wicked and who can know it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, but it belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And when you're healthy with God, then your heart is for God. And those desires that he puts there can be a safe place, but left to our own devices, Ooh. right? it's dangerous. Yeah. And we, st- I mean, we always need to be careful, you know, yeah. and we like, I, I'm a one, and so I'm constantly checking myself on on things, and I'm just like, what are my real motives for everything that I'm doing? Right. Like, am I living with integrity or not? You know, type of thing. <laughs> and so uh, we do need which to shows so, integrity, we, yeah. Yeah. Which, really which, yeah. which we need to. <laughs> we need to be though, like even even when we're in Christ and we have that healthy relationship, things can still sneak in, yeah. and so you still have to check, like. It may even seem like a good desire. And you're like, wait, what's at the base of that? You know, what's what's really there? And I think we get caught up. It's a process of sanctification. Yes. We're not, it, it, it's ongoing. Those checks need to come back in. And I think you're very wise in saying that. And I think it, your story, you coming and giving your testimony and us getting a little bit of your biography today yeah. is beautiful. And I am so excited. And I pray that Marietta understands what a gift they are getting in you and Rachel and the kiddos, because as much as like, I am so like Aliyah for his one good thing that we do every week. I was, you know, the kids are talking about movies and this, that, and the other. And I was like, Aliyah, what's your one good thing? He's like, moving to Atlanta in five days, Miss Nikki. And I'm like, Okay, it's your good thing. But, buddy, you don't cry when you see me anymore. We have come so far. And I'm not going to get there with Oliver. Salem looks at me. and She doesn't cry, but she just still kind of stares up at me like, not going to happen today, lady. But Eli I love... told me that he said that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> that's exactly how I, I like, felt. I, all, I, all I could say was like, but I'm glad that that's a good thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. honestly, and listening to your kids talk about... Listening to Elijah, he is excited. Mm-hmm. And the fact you guys do have that, it feels home. And you know where you two are, where you and Rachel are leading your family. And then as a husband, you're willing to say, hey, you've put things on the back burner. I'm going to stand beside you in this season. It is a beautiful thing, Phil. So when we say steady, it's not at all. I agree with Haley completely. It's not like boring, dull. It is like hey, we need more men to be like that. Unwavering. Oh, better. Yeah. Better. Maybe that should be the title. That, so. Yeah. <laughs> Unwavering. I'll Good just job. let you write. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> the title. I'll narrate and the audio book. Steady is the subtitle. <laughs> there we go. It's, yeah. Because, I mean, again, I really do. Um, my son was at church Sunday, and he was there, and his was the first one. I was like, hey, did you listen? I don't know where you were or what you were doing. He's like, yeah. Phil did a phenomenal job. You're really going to enjoy listening to it. He was great. He said not only in telling who he was, but showing where it came from out of the Bible. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm excited to listen to this. And for so many of us to have that same thought, Phil, means you are absolutely in your element. Follow your calling because we. it's very, when we look to you and we look to Rachel and the kids, we do see Jesus working in your life. And we are so excited to have been a part of that. And, you know, Facebook keeps everybody closer together. So it's not you guys are moving, but you're like just moving away. Like there's summit, there's there's things we will. And I'm excited for you guys in a like, yay, the Neelys get to go do this kind of way. Yeah, it's it's super exciting for you guys. Thank you for all that. That's uh, 
I, I'm I'm glad to hear that God is that you guys can see God working in our life because you know it. Sometimes you're walking in things and you just you're like, is God doing anything? You know, yeah. but um, He is and he, he He is always working. And so I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, the what I had to share on Sunday was impactful for people yeah, and that yeah. it and that it was working in people's hearts. Um, and I am also excited and it, we're still a part of the Grace yeah, the yeah. Grace family together and so we'll still be seeing each other yeah. Rachel has family in town we'll still be up yeah. for different times we'll be visiting and so this definitely isn't a, a hard goodbye or no. anything like that and I'm still excited to be a part of what's going on at Westside and well, what's going on at Grace uh, Marietta but I do want you guys to know you will be missed like in the 100%. daily because you guys have been very impactful not just out of the Sunday sermon which was but you know, you being on the board, Phil was a part of the, you know, vote to hire all three of us. Like, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Some days I'm like, oh, they hired me and I am doing all the crazy things. This will be interesting. But You're doing a great job. Thanks. Well, it's, you know. I definitely selfishly told Phil, I was like, I know that you guys are open to going wherever God takes you after Marietta, but like, if he, brought you, if, you, <laughs> if he brought you back here, just know that that was because I have prayed for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Look. I had multiple people say, like, you're coming back. And, so, and you like, said, okay. oh, the Lord affirmed that yeah. too. Okay. <laughs> Look, and, and, you know, timing, I never would have said, oh, Nikki, you're going to be on a podcast working for a church, dude. I'm like, I cut hair. You know, I wouldn't have been yeah. this. And here we all are. God's got an amusing story. You and Rachel both leaving Missouri to go to Pennsylvania. I mean, that that just amuses me to no end, that let's take them as far from home in randomness and then bring them back together. I love that. Um, so let's get into the business. If you guys want to hear more or re-listen to Phil uh, go through his, you can find everything on westsidepb.org. Um, so you can click on anything. If you've got questions or whatever, you can go up to the top right corner and click on info. Um, we've got all the things about us, sermons, past things you guys want to listen to, but there's a contact button. You can get a hold of us. Haley, we've got some women's ministry things coming up. What's coming up there? Um, but I also want to do a shout out for VVS. Oh, we'll get there. This is going to come out on Wednesday, recorded on Tuesday, but come out yep. on Wednesday. And so if you are listening to this, when it drops, your kid needs to be at VBS Tonight, 6.30 to 8.30, so we can learn all about Jesus and have some fun. Yes. But also on Thursday of this week, we are going to have a Women Praying for Women um, prayer night at 7. Shouldn't be terribly long, not a huge time commitment, but just with everything going on in the world, no matter what your political stance, no matter how you feel about legislation, anything of that, we want to be women who pray for all women. And so um, it is just an open night. It has nothing to do with if you are directly only a West Side woman, if you have a friend who is grieving, if you have a friend who is celebrating. Come. Um, we want to be women who celebrate with women who celebrate and weep with women who are weeping. And so we are just having a time of prayer, an open time of prayer at 7 o'clock on Thursday night at the church. I love that. The, some of the VBS decorations will still be up. I'm not going to lie. Um, it'll be a fun vibe because Wednesday night at 6.30, we will kick off our messy night of VBS. 
and it is our community night. So like Haley said, when it comes to the women's prayer, um, you do not have to be a West Side kid. You do not have to be a Kids Side kid. Um, I challenge all the Kids Side kids to bring a friend. Um, we will have dinner. We will have games. The church clap will be going um, on the fourth and, or the third and final night. Then following week, we are going to do a dance off between the adults and the kids. And wow. The kids are pumped for it. Roy Winters yes. will win. He will win. He will win. <laughs> Murphy Media and Music, or is it Music and Media? Music and Media. Music and Media. All the M's. Yeah. Okay. Um, did a phenomenal. I felt like a rock star. <laughs> I am not kidding. I could like the light show. The vibe was perfection. When I envisioned uh, you. VBS, you guys came through and rocked it so good. The kids are having such a great time. So with all that, westsidepb.org. Next week, we will be right back here with Mr. Matt Blackburn, another board member, the chairman of our board, as he steps into the pulpit this Sunday through our preaching lab. Um, and we will see what he has to say about his story. As all things we do at Westside, it is always all about Jesus. We love you and we'll see you guys next time.